Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumb Cast. In this, the high noon of season five, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on every goddamn page of MT2, the Weird Weird West, the second in a trio of time travel adventures for TSR's Marvel Superheroes RPG. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. The Weird Weird West was written by Ray Winninger and published in 1989 by TSR. Today we're discussing page 32 of The Weird Weird West. This is the page when we finally get to the, the bulk of the adventure, the meat of the adventure, which is traveling around the Dodge City area, convincing history's greatest generals to join together against the rubber lizard threat. This page is about Genghis Khan. Two things about Genghis Khan. Number one, he lends his name to this chapter, chapter 17, Genghis Khan. Number two, Ray Winninger is Genghis Khan. Um, I try not to make personal attacks on the show. If I'm going to say anything negative about anyone in a public space, it's going to be heavily substantiated. I do have the receipts for this. Ray Winninger is Genghis Khan. The reason that I know this is because Genghis Khan and his his chapter that bears his name, they hate stealth so much. No one hates stealth this much except Ray Winninger. Ergo, Ray Winninger is Genghis Khan. Follow the action. I dare you to disagree. Let's get specific. We're following the Misfits today, who... After handing off the neutron power flux generator to Einstein, after having cleverly nabbed it while they were at the research shack in the Crozar camp, and therefore saved themselves a mini fetch quest, they made an arrangement with the gunslingers. No doubt it was a very honest conversation. The Misfits are good communicators. They have a candid organizational style. So probably they sat down with the gunslingers and said, look, we're great and you suck. However, however, when it comes to getting through the desert, you, or rather your horses, are great. And we, which is to say... Dr. Jaw and Glass Cannon, we suck. We can go about two hours out in the sun and we fall into comas. So why don't Dr. Jaw and Glass Cannon go with two of you on horses to the closer general, Alexander, and then the faster members of our team, Superball and Silver Siren, those two and the other two of you gunslingers, you make the long overland trek to Genghis Khan and convince him to get on board. This minimizes our chance of coma-related travel delays. So Superball... Silver Siren, Kid Colt, and the Rawhide Kid make their way to the distant camp of Genghis Khan. What happens when they get there? Quote, As you approach Khan's camp, you begin to realize that your work may be cut out for you. As you came over the last ridge, you glimpsed a horde of Khan's Mongol warriors trotting off to battle the troops of Napoleon and Alexander. The three warlords are certainly confused in the wake of disaster which has swept them and their people into the distant future. And like all great generals, their first instinct when confused is to fight. In their eyes, everything has once again become a struggle for simple survival. I mentioned earlier uh, in this book that I have strong opinions about what should and should not be in box text. I have to admit, sweeping generalizations about the psychology of great generals throughout history has never even crossed my mind. It's a rare case I have no opinion about this going in. This is a new one on me. I need time to digest. Quote, Khan's camp is a circle of over 20 spired tents. As you draw near, you count at least 100 Mongol troopers. There is constant traffic in and out of the compound. It seems as though the soldiers are building some sort of makeshift structure in the center of the camp. One particularly ornate tent catches your eye. It is almost certainly where you will find the Great Khan. So, alright. Lots of Mongols. Lots of preparations for warfare. Over 20 tents, plus some kind of makeshift structure, and one big fancy tent where Genghis Khan probably is. As with the deep instincts of great generals, it is universal. The strongest person in the community gets the prettiest tent. Thus it has ever been. So we're here on our best behavior because we need to get diplomacy points 
with Genghis Khan to convince him to join our little coalition to keep the Crozar from setting off the beta bomb. But to convince Genghis Khan of anything, we have to go talk to him. So how do we get into this camp? We've got a few options. Quote, disguise. They might try to ambush a couple of troopers coming out of the compound, disguise themselves in their robes, and walk right into Khan's tent. This is simple enough. If the heroes wait 10 or 15 minutes, they can find an isolated group of the appropriate number of soldiers coming out of the camp. Khan's soldiers have the statistics of a typical soldier found on page 63 of the judge's book, and are armed as described in chapter 11. Unless one of the soldiers is able to pass an excellent intensity intuition feat roll, the heroes will take the group by surprise. Once inside, they can easily reveal themselves to Khan. Here the author is being quite generous, possibly because he has forgotten that this is a role-playing game with role-playing game rules. Why have a system if you're not going to use it? All right, everybody, hide behind the lush Kansas desert foliage. We got to ambush some fucking Mongols and steal their robes and sneak into the camp. Judge, you want our rolls for stealth? No, no need to roll for stealth. The soldiers just make an intuition roll to see if they notice you. So your stealth doesn't matter. All right, great. Now, should we lure some of them over here or like see how their watch operates or no, 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 no. If you wait 10 or 15 minutes, an isolated group of them is going to walk by where you can get them. It's no problem. All right. Um, we'll jump out and fight them. All right. Now, this part's going to be a challenge. Silver Siren, you're a shiny mermaid. I love you, but you know that about yourself. You're a shiny mermaid. Super Ball, we're going to need you to change back into Rhonda so that you're not bright red. And hopefully you'll be a little less conspicuous in these robes. Kid Colt, you're going to be fine. You're an adult man who looks kind of grizzled and violent. Rawhide kid, you're incredibly fancy and you have smoldering eyes. But if you can try to turn down the charm to like a five, put these robes on, maybe we've got a chance. Okay, we'll all make our disguise rolls. And the judge is like, oh, no, no disguise rolls. Just it just works. You just just walk into the camp. It's fine. No intuition rolls even for the Mongols in the camp. No disguise rolls for us. No, no stealth rolls. No anything. No acting. You know, if you're playing the West Coast Avengers here, Simon Williams is an actor. Maybe that could help. He, he knows how to change his body language. No, no role. Ray Winninger just likes this plan, and so it just works. It's just, just that simple. There are rules for all these things, but fuck them, which is fine. Sometimes you don't want to get bogged down in rules. But GM Fiat cuts both ways. Here's another way we might try to approach the situation. Quote, stealth. The heroes might try to sneak in using stealth. In this case, they are automatically detected, confronted by 75 Mongol warriors, slapped in irons, and led before Genghis Khan. If the heroes try to resist capture in any way, they lose one diplomacy point on Khan. This is the dumbest thing, and I hate it. Was it not you, author, who told me to have a stealth specialist on the team? Did you not mandate a ninja quota? You you demanded that I hire a ninja for the team. Uh, uh, a stealth specialist who would have such skills as stealth, lockpicking, disguise, acting, espionage. I have these skills represented in various characters, right? I did, a, I did a draft. I put these teams together, trying my best to follow the guidelines. But God forbid I try to have my stealth character use stealth. Nobody gets a roll. Nobody has to roll. Nobody gets a roll. The, the Mongols don't roll intuition to notice me. I don't roll stealth to avoid being noticed. There is no random element. As soon as I, as a player, say the words, I'm going to sneak into the camp, then the judge says, well, you are detected, you're confronted by 75 warriors, they put you in irons, they lead you before Genghis Khan, and if you dare to complain or struggle in any way, I'm going to penalize you. So, fuck you. Maybe this is a, a just a misunderstanding, a disconnect about expectations from the game. Like, if I had known stealth was going to be useless, I could have taken talents that come up all the time. Like, being knocked unconscious, being in handcuffs, being in jail, failing to notice lethal predators tall enough to blot out the sun. That shit comes up all the time. Stealth, it's not hard, it's impossible. And if I struggle, if I resist, 
If I do anything but let the handcuffs be put on me in punishment for my attempt to use stealth, then I lose diplomacy points with Khan, because Khan hates stealth because Genghis Khan is Ray Winninger. Just listen. Quote, Once the heroes finally confront Khan, he asks them who they are and why they are visiting his camp. Read the following speech. Who are you? Why have you come here? A spy for my enemies, perhaps? Whatever your intentions, I pray to the sun and stars that you are not some weak, niggling cowards. I despise weakness. It makes me physically ill. <sighs> That's, I added that. That's my interpretation. Genghis Khan gets physically ill to emphasize his point. <sighs> Strength. That's what I respect. Wipes chin. With strength, you can build an empire. This is why Genghis Khan disdains your attempt to resist handcuffs. It's like, it's bad enough you try to sneak into camp. That makes you a coward already. But if you then don't want to be handcuffed and beat the fuck out of 25 trained Mongol warriors before they finally wrestle you to the ground and put you in manacles, you lose a diplomacy point from Khan because he respects strength, but not when it is possessed by sneaky people. Stealth absolutely poisons this relationship. Unlike, for example, just straight up jumping a group of four Mongol soldiers who are out possibly doing something important like gathering water, scouting, going to engage an enemy, raiding for food, going to do guard duty. You just jump them, steal all their shit, leave them lying in the desert, 114 degree heat, blazing sun, and then you take their robes and you walk back into camp pretending to be a Mongol. So add stolen valor to the list of offenses. And then you walk up to Genghis Khan and you're like, hey, Genghis Khan, big fan. I really wanted to talk to you. I've got a project I think you might be interested in. I didn't think they'd let me in. So I went ahead and beat up four of your men and left them splayed out in the desert, stole their clothes and pretended to be in your military so I could come talk to you. And Genghis is like, hmm, I respect strength. At least you didn't try to walk in while we weren't looking like a coward. So yeah, the dumbest thing on this page, this automatically being caught, the manacles, everything. But I have to say, a strong contender, too, is the dialogue here from, from Genghis Khan. Because in each of these different generals' camps, as a player character, you have to figure out, what am I going to do to get diplomacy points to impress this person, right? Alexander the Great, Napoleon, Genghis Khan, all very different people who are going to respond to a different diplomatic approach. But if you thought there was going to be any question as to what you're supposed to do to get, like, faction points in this little minigame, you are disabused of that notion the moment Genghis Khan opens his mouth. He doesn't wait for you to say one word before he launches into an unsolicited speech about what he respects and responds well to, right? He's like, who are you? Why have you come here? No, don't answer. I'm not done speaking. A spy for my enemies, perhaps? No, no, don't answer. I'm still talking. Whatever your intentions, I pray to the sun and stars that you are not some weak, niggling cowards. I despise weakness. It makes me physically ill. And meanwhile, the misfits are looking at each other. What the fuck is he talking about? And he like they haven't even said they want anything from him yet. This is this is out of nowhere, which leaves us to assume that every conversation he has is just like this. It always just veers back to this strength thing. Like when his Mongol butler comes in in the morning, he's like, do we have eggs for breakfast? Whatever the answer, say yes or say no. By the wind and the ancestors and the gods, do not vacillate. I would rather be defied with strength than coddled by some pusillanimous coward bearing eggs but no courage. Strength and force, butler. That's what I respect. Only strength gives men the means to build empires. The butler's like, okay, about breakfast. I think strength is probably about the best thing I've ever heard of. And if I saw someone strong, I'd be inclined to lend them my ear. If they were weak, though, forget it. The mighty Khan would never align himself with someone weak, no matter what the stakes were. It would all come down to strength, 
for sure. And the butler is like, fuck my Mongol life. Yes, we have eggs. Great con. So the good news is the way forward from here is very clear. Super Bowl and Silver Siren don't really have any effective means of stealth anyway, so they're kind of lucky here. But they're also not going to do well in disguise. I mean, no one here is. I mean, these are all non-Mongols. One of them is an American Latina and one of them is a fembot. Disguise is probably not the best choice. Probably they're going to use the third approach listed here, which is open approach, which is where you just walk in and ask someone if you can talk to Khan, in which case they put you in irons again and then just take you to Khan. And then you talk to him in Mongol handcuffs. That's actually a pretty good way to approach this situation. Very low risk, not at all resource intensive. Somebody, probably like Kid Colt, is going to lay things out for Genghis Khan. The way it works is you get one point if you fully explain what the crows are or up to and explain why it's important that the generals form an alliance. You get another diplomacy point if you mention that you might be able to get Genghis Khan home, get everyone back to their proper place in time if you can stop the crows are. But despite getting those two diplomacy points, it says, quote, for now, Khan will be somewhat skeptical of the hero's offer. Up until now, he hasn't even heard of the crows are. Just after the heroes stop talking with Khan, a Mongol soldier comes in and delivers an announcement. Read the following text out loud. Lord Khan, the arena is finished and your warriors are waiting for you. The games are about to begin. Then Khan either invites you along or he drags you along as prisoners. I guess depending on whether you took a path that puts you in manacles or not. And now it's time to watch some Mongol sports. Join me next time as a public test of strength might just possibly have something to do with persuading Genghis Khan, who I hear loves strength, on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's theme music, used under Creative Commons license, is Western Firefight 2 by Kula, whose work you can find at Kula.com. That's C-U-L-L-A-H.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>